This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Men is up next, but first to listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, we have a lot of fun talking to a gentleman that has accomplished an awful lot in his life, Dr. Ian K. Smith. A physician and author. He's written over 20 books, and his latest book, The Unspoken, is going to be turned into a television series. So, Dr. Ian K. Smith, our guest on the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. From remote locations, once again, our two headquarters. We've got two studios, right? Yeah, we had to do this because uh, we've been ordered to stay away from each other uh, by the police. Yeah, Lori- yeah, Lori Lightfoot sent me an email. She goes, you guys, you got to still do the podcast. Yeah. But I got to do it from my basement and you have to do it from your studio. So that's because, what we're doing. We're because we down. are such local treasures that we mm-hmm. need to figure out mm-hmm. some way to continue to do the show. And we got these all these fancy apparatus. Yeah. Uh, Sam from the network. I was on the phone with him for... I don't know, 17, 18 hours for him to, <laughs> to tell me how to plug in one little thing into another little thing. And I think the chances of this being um, seamless are pretty low, Rick. What do you I'm going to say about 3%. 3% chance. Yeah. I also was on the phone with him for quite a while um, because I have to do the show differently now. Um, and you know how mm-hmm. much I love uh embracing. changing you, you just love change <laughs> i do right i mean I, I do i just love it you know whenever i see change i say come here give me a hug give me <laughs> yeah, a hug yeah exactly well, a social distance hug yeah but well, you're giving yeah. you're giving change you're giving it a fist bump or uh <laughs> like an elbow an elbow bump to, to what change. i what i really uh, want to do is make out with change but i can't <laughs> because of the the situation that we're in right now but after the vaccine, good news, you're going to be able to stick your tongue down Change's mouth in, in about April or May, probably. I right? will. Yes, absolutely. That's right. So. so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to Change and I reestablishing our intimate relationship. So speaking speaking of change. Yeah. Um, you had from the last time we talked, you had something stuck in your body. Correct. <laughs> didn't you have your Didn't you have your uh, colonoscopy last Friday? Was it? Tell, uh, I, did. I haven't talked. I haven't talked to you since. So tell me about the the colonoscopy. So uh, you know, I had a colonoscopy, and I also had the uh, the one down the throat uh, endoscopy. I think it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so the colonoscopy was fine. I th- I think uh, they found two polyps. One was uh, a little precancerous, uh, and they also found one. That was pretty big. It was like a centimeter big, and they were worried about that one. But it turns out it was just a uh, a benign cyst, and it and that was causing other problems. And in fact, I did, I did not even have diverticulitis or diverticulosis. I it was all caused by this cyst, which probably got infected and uh, caused uh, 
all my previous issues. So it turns out I have gotten a clean bill of health. Well, let's get back to that pre-cancer thing. That's what that's <laughs> well, what yeah, I'm just I focusing know. on. So so it's uh, uh, how big a how big it was, was tiny that? and and they got it all out and he told me I don't need to come back for five years. So how bad can it be? And when or I was just a shitty doctor, well, it could be, you know, his name was uh, his name was Dr. Benson and Dr. Benson. Uh, when I was coming out of the drugs, uh, I started making cracks, you know, like, so uh, you're are you a big fan of Robert Guillaume? <laughs> and he looked he, he, he looked at me. He rolled his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time one of you middle-aged guys comes out of the twilight anesthesia, there's the Benson jokes. Uh, I said, you know, I liked him on soap better than when he got his own show. But, uh, you know, he uh, he didn't seem totally amused by it. I'll be honest. So how was your prep? How was show prep? Oh, God, that was how? awful. That was awful. But not as bad as it could have been because I was prepped for my prep by Jim Gaffigan and by you. And so <laughs> I went in there with like a stack of books and, uh, oh. and you know, my reading glasses and, and a guy camped out. And the, and the stuff that oh, well, I drank was not that bad. I, I chugged it down, chugged down all 16 ounces like it was a... Uh, you know, like a Hofbrau House uh, Pilsner. Delish. Did you, did you put it in a big beer? Did you put it in a big beer mug? <laughs> no, I didn't. I had a special cup that uh, pointed to sixteen yeah. ounces. But yeah, no, that was fun. It was fun. I'm I'm good. Everything's so from- good. I have a clean bill of health now. I can start eating whatever I want. I can start drinking whatever I want. What what was the cyst caused by? Did they have any idea, or was it just who asks questions? Happens? You know, I didn't. I got I got my answer, so I don't need to ask questions. All right, I, I you did save the polyps, right? You owe me these polyps. <laughs> uh, no, forgot to ask for those. Sorry. Uh, all right. Well, congratulations. Well, and I'm thank glad you. That, thank you. Everything is uh, fine. You know. Yeah, I'm glad that. So the seven years that you waited yeah. could have saved your life because if the cyst would have been growing. Because you would go back 10 years if you weren't. In, so there's possibility that because you waited so long, they found something well, that was growing that they wouldn't have found seven years ago, right? Let me just say that the whole idea of having waited after having gone through it now, I don't understand why I was so scared of it. Because I think I was just scared of what they would find, to be honest with you, as opposed to, yeah, of course, the process itself. So yeah. everything is fine. I, you know, people don't need, right. they don't need to hear. They don't want to hear about my medical issues. They want to hear minutia. That's why they're here. Well, one thing that I want to bring up, which is really disappointing to me, is I was listening to Ann Friends, you know, on the Opine. Sure. Another Opie show on yeah. Radio Misfits. Very funny show, and friends. And you know what I heard on that show, Rick? Hmm. I heard them using our Florida jingle, the the jingle that you can't find. Whoa! Wait a minute. You know, yeah, that's uh, Sam was here in my house. <laughs> he couple. stole the jingle. It's possible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those little those motherless fucks have stolen <laughs> their jingle, and now we can't fucking use it. Fuck. So, wow. So that is, I thought we were on the same team. I guess everything is partisan right now, Rick. 
uh, yeah. you know, I, mask I, wearing is yeah. partisan. It's it's us against you. And, and now it's us against them as far as I'm concerned. You know, I would just like to say um, that I did not call them motherless fucks or accuse them of <laughs> stealing anything because I still need Samuel occasionally to come help me with my uh, with my audio equipment. So, well, well and I'm going to yeah, we're going to need Sam to figure out what I did wrong with this recorder about six minutes ago, too. Right. So. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, and now they have all that on tape of us uh, <laughs> screwing up, and we're trying to get the, the the new equipment. When we tried to do the new equipment, it was a comedy of errors. We are just pathetic. Well, I'm sure that'll be shown on the or, uh, uh, broadcast on the next uh, and friends. All They'll right, probably make a funny little jingle for it too. Uh, speaking of jingles, do you have the Jenkins jingle? I do. Here we go. You. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! So... So, as you know, Rick, uh, I have a master's degree in advertising. Yes, you Have do. I ever mentioned that to you? Yeah, uh, once or you twice. Know, I, I don't like to flaunt it, mm-hmm. but I know a little bit about the biz. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I am offering my services free of charge to the Washington, D.C. area supermarket chain, Giant Foods. Okay. Okay. Um, This past Tuesday, Giant Foods ran a full page ad in their self-published magazine, Savory. And here's the headline. Hosting? Question mark. Plan a super spread. (laughs) Okay. So the slogan is placed beneath a, photo- a photograph of a Hollywood or Hollywood holiday food. Um, <laughs> Was this written items by our current president? <laughs> well, it is D.C., right? Yeah. Um, and it was a you know, beautiful picture. I've got the picture right here. You can't see it. It's, you know, a beautiful fruit tart. I don't even know what a fruit tart is, but it's beautiful. A cheese board, uh-huh. uh, a, you know, shrimp cocktail. Well, and again, like I said, sounds like a super like said, spread. It does sound like a super spread. Uh, the magazine also includes recipe for crowd-friendly dishes like dinner rolls and pigs in a blanket for 32. Okay. <laughs> Evidently. So, right, so there's another level there. <laughs> yeah. You know, for our listeners who may not have heard, we are in the midst of possibly the worst health crisis in the last century. Well, what? actually, Wait, not possibly, what? but very much. Yeah. And the term super spreader kind of yeah. refers to an event of killing a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing so, the story has gone viral. It has. It, oh, good. Thank you. I, I got that. Even through my three headphones and the recorder, I got that joke. That's great. Uh, uh, I also have a list of headlines that they were considering that they that didn't make the cut. You want to hear them? Yeah, sure. Cranberry Grandpa. <laughs> okay. Try our green bean casket roll. Nice. And grandma's cremated cream corn. All of those free of charge to the giant uh, food supermarket chain in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Hosting, a pl- hosting plan a super spread, my friend. After you inhale your Corona, try this super spread. <laughs> yeah. You know what they, their, um, their spokesperson, uh, Norm Crosby, said? Mm-mm. Uh, if only we pneumonia, the intubation of this ad, we were just trying to communicable. That was, <laughs> yes. that was my Norm Crosby. I'm just, <laughs> I, could, yeah. I couldn't think of any other big words. Those are my big words. Hey, 
Can you do Norm Crosby in an Irish accent? Can you do that? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> if only with pneumonia, the intubation <laughs> of this. Uh, we were just trying to be commune a couple. <laughs> so. God, how do you do it? Oh, yes. That's, I have a, I have a minutia story, unless you're not done with yours. No, I'm done. Okay. Because this one is more, instead of being minutia, really, this is like a uh, Cold War thriller. It's a Cold oh. War story. In the 1980s and 1990s, a dispute between Sweden and the Soviets had the potential to bring about another Cold War. At the time, the Swedish Royal Navy was shocked by the insolence and the agility of Soviet submarines and was certain that the Soviet mini-boats had been circling a military base on the Swedish coast for about a decade. Now, obviously, the Soviet Union denied everything. But every year, beginning in 1982, Swedish reports said that they saw Soviet submarines in their water. And they got very upset. The Swedes' patience ran out in 1994. Carl Bildt... The Swedish prime minister at the time sent Russian President Boris Yeltsin an indignant note reproaching him for having poor control over the Navy. And he had he had evidence because the military had recorded signals in the water. The sound at the heart of this story was recorded at the Swedish military base. Now, the reports also mentioned small bubbles on the surface of the water. So they brought in a team of scientists and they were taken to a secret room beneath the Bergen military base in Stockholm to listen to the sound in the water. I imagined something like a pinging sound or the sound of rotating propellers, their top scientist Magnus Wahlberg said. But it was nothing like that. It really sounded like someone frying bacon, like a popping and hissing sound coming and going, like small air bubbles released in the water. Not at all what I would have expected from a submarine. This is a good mystery, right? Oh, yeah. Come on, go, go, go. What what happens next? (laughs) What do you think? What do you think it was? They went to a store. they They bought a Baltic herring, a typical dish in these parts. They lowered it into the water and began listening to what they referred to as a beautiful concert produced by the fish passing gas. Turned out the sound the military asked them to listen to when the fish travel in large shoals and that are several kilometers in length, 10 to 20 centimeters in height, their collective wind sounds loud enough to register on military radars. They were not the Soviets, not the Russians. It was herring farts. And this <laughs> almost farts caused... Was, a, herring farts was your punk band that you were in, wasn't it? <laughs> this almost caused a, a Cold War thing. They just And they just discovered a crisis averted. So isn't that a good thing? That Well, that is a good thing. Now, what um, did these herrings have colonoscopies because <laughs> maybe they had maybe they had cysts that they should well can you imagine out? if it was a team of humans that was several kilometers in length and they all passed gas at the same time you know what it would smell like what? gary indiana <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners in gary indiana it's just a joke my friend <laughs> you motherless fucks <laughs> Well, well, thank God we did not end up in a thermonuclear war because of 
of the of the prolific uh, gas emissions from herring. I know it was a long story, but I found it fascinating because of the whole uh, potential to cause a Cold War situation. It just lets you know that uh, we should not make love, not war. That's all I have to say. Make love, this not war. This reminds me of a story. Well, this reminds me. It was I don't know if it was Supper Club or I was at your house. We were all at your house. I don't know four, five, six, twelve summers ago. I have no concept of time. <laughs> and you put on your later hose. And do you remember? Yeah, you put sure. on your later. Yeah. yeah. And you were eating herring. Uh-huh. Do you do you remember this? I do. And you were just because you, you were just bring, gobbling you, up the herring. You it brought was, it up like it, a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> You love herring. I don't do. You? I mean, is it, <laughs> but I just have the vivid, the vivid memory of you and your later hose and just eating herring as fast as you can, like Homer Simpson eating herring in later hose. Yes, yes. I am. I am a walking stereotype. There's no question about it. All right, time for our another feature. Time now for studio walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So the, the idea of studio walls is Dave and I have known each other for a long time, obviously. Uh, that herring story proves it. Um, and we have a gigantic uh, collection of material that uh, we'd like to share with you. And one of these things is something that we've done on this show previously. Because today, Dave, you may not realize this, today is the anniversary of the film A Christmas Story coming out. Oh, and you remember? We interviewed. Yes, Scott Farkas. We interviewed Scott Farkas. The, the actually, the guy's name is Zach Ward, who mm-hmm. was uh, the the guy who played the bully in that movie, A Christmas Story. Everybody has seen that movie. It's a it's a Christmas classic, right? Uh, now, it turns out when we interviewed him, I, I I have actually pinpointed the exact moment the interview went awry. Would you like <laughs> would, you, would you like to hear it? <laughs> Yeah, it was your fault too. I think wasn't it? It, it was my fault, and uh, and I, we've never had this happen to us. How many interviews have we done? Hundreds of interviews. Yeah. We've never had this happen to us before, except for this specific one. And we can see why this man was typecast as the bully. <laughs> and we're gonna play it for you right now. Here we go. Sure. When that movie came out, did you have any idea that all these years later it would still be this huge? Yeah, actually, I wrote it all down because I have the ability to see the future. Okay, <laughs> he's being sarcastic. Such a good question. Such a good question. And I, actually, uh, I figured out. I figured out Google and Amazon, uh-huh. and I'm a uh-huh. billionaire because of my prognostications. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think he's okay. calling you an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Rick. Rick asked that question. Dave did not ask that question. Yeah. Wait a hang on. I, I'm crossing off uh, questions on my list here. Hold on a second. <laughs> this is going to be like let a nine-minute interview. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you were 13 years old, did, yeah. did you know that you were going to be some kind of loser doing a podcast <laughs> in your mom's basement? Now, you, oh, funny, you, funny you say okay, that. Now you yeah, really did. Now, that's you, a, that cuts a little too close to home, pal. Uh, <laughs> we actually are in Rick's mom's basement right now because of uh, construction work with the other studio. Yeah, I so, I mean, that hurts. You know, I, if, if you tell me that a 55-year-old man doing a podcast from his mother's basement is a loser right. then i've got some problems <laughs> yeah, yeah right because that that to me spells success yeah okay joe rogan okay okay joe rogan so you really are a dick that in real life basically <laughs> he wasn't acting he was not acting okay 
So there we go. The, <laughs> the only guest that we've ever had on the show that we called a dick during the interview. <laughs> um, you know, if I remember correctly, toward the end of that video, he threatened to kick our ass too, didn't he? Oh I mean, yeah. Didn't he I say mean, something? Yeah. It's 25 minutes long. If you want to look it up, uh, it's I have it on on the studio walls at Eckhart's Press. Go check it out. Uh, you can see the the whole inter listen to the whole interview there. It's about 25 minutes. It's really it's really good actually. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get that out there. Now, if you if you tune into the uh, Minutia Man Celebrity Interview right now. This is what you'll hear on this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. We talk with a New York Times best-selling author whose work inspired a blockbuster Hollywood masterpiece. We talk with Midnight Express author Billy Hayes. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. On this week's episode of And Friends, we ask the internet why we should have sex. And I make sure we all check our testicles for lumps. And I am riding my friends' coattails to success. All that and more on this week's episode of And Friends. Listen to And Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Dave, do you have any, any more minutia to share with everybody here? Yeah, I, I, I think I got some good news. You know, we, we spend so much time talking about negative stuff. I think I got something really good here. Okay. You know, our, uh, you know, on past shows, we've given praise and accolades to the tireless efforts of college administrators who are, you know, grappling through this pandemic and trying to make the, the educational experience for our youth as normal as possible and so and, and again and as let inexpensive us, let, as possible too yeah <laughs> yeah uh but i want to take a little time out and give some kudos to a specific college saint olaf college in minnesota okay oh, i don't know okay. what their mascot is but let's call them the i don't know the Vikings. fighting igloos <laughs> the, the vikings sure um last week the university's health center distributed a flyer that urged students to avoid kissing while having sex to reduce the spread of coronavirus. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, it is. The Minnesota College flyer also implored students to wear a mask, uh -huh. steer clear of partners with symptoms of COVID-19. <laughs> Good idea. Reduce the number of your sexual partners. Uh -huh. I think... I think Reduce the reduce the number, not the height of your sexual partners. <laughs> right. Reduce the uh, number of your sexual partners, and use barrier protection like internal and external condoms, as well as a dental dam. What is a dental dam? Do you have any idea what a well, dental? I don't want to know. I do not want yeah. to know, and I, I'm assuming that uh, we don't want our children to know. Yeah. Uh, and but the, and the fire the flyer concluded with a recommendation that all sex toys are washed before and after sex <laughs> with warm, soapy water for at least 20 seconds, Rick. So kudos to St. <laughs> Olaf a College in Minnesota. couple things that yeah. I want to uh -huh. bring up. Uh, first of all, kudos for them to still use flyers and printing paper. Oh. I mean, I think that's great, right? <laughs> only you only you would see that in that story. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. Uh, and second of all, I'm confused. Uh, what's this kissing during sex thing? I'm not even sure what they're talking about. Dave, what they're doing is they're teaching kids what, what life is going to be like after marriage. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, the, it's the, a, the reduce the, the number of sex partners. The, the, the thing, yes. You, soap up afterwards. You know, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Socially distancing. <laughs> it's that's exactly what they're doing. They're teaching the kids. Yeah. That's very yeah, nice. Well, it's it's very cold up in Minnesota too. I yeah. I, it, I do you really want to even go out anyways? But there you go, Saint Olaf okay. College. Uh, a Rick and Dave salute to you. Yes. Uh, be sure to stop kissing, um, like I have done with change. I've stopped <laughs> kissing it. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's time for uh, another feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and makes me tell that story. Um, Because we are not in the same town anymore. No. um, he can't do that. I have got the jar over here at my place, but uh, we've decided that Dave can just ask me uh, any name. And last week he said that he wanted me to tell uh, Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso story. All right. So Tony LaRusso, in case you don't know, is the manager of the Chicago White Sox right now. He was mm-hmm. just hired uh, after his uh, second DUI recently. <laughs> And he had a DUI Groupon. <laughs> he was the manager of the White Sox in the 70s and 80s, in the late 70s uh-huh. and 80s. And so luckily you gave me a little bit of time to look up uh, Tony La because I didn't remember exactly when this story took place. Apparently it must have been 1986. All right. So that okay. was that was the first year I was working for Stephen Geary and I was not there um producer yet i was just working in the uh the office the in the you know running the fan club and stuff like that and i would occasionally go over to the station and hang out well in the station they had the stephen geary celebrity phone book and i was flipping through it one day and it said white Sox dugout right I think that's just hilarious. You've told me the story before, but go on. That there's just this phone number there. So now, yes. Now, if you think about it, this was old Comiskey Park, right? If it was yeah. 1986, it was old Comiskey. It wasn't uh, new Comiskey, but it had the White Sox dugout phone number on it. And I'm like, all right, now what? That can't possibly actually be the the phone in the dugout. And there was a White Sox game going on, and I called the number. Just because I I figured it would you know it it would be a uh, a machine or something right, <laughs> but no Tony Larusa answered the phone. <laughs> he was he was in the dugout and he answered the phone and I was like uh, uh. <laughs> put in Kempfer put in Kempfer. <laughs> I hung up immediately. I was like holy crap I'm gonna get in so much trouble I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this, but I did not. I did not because nobody figured out that. But then, I, you know, the whole idea that you could just pick up the phone and call the dugout. You see that phone in there. You think it's not really connected. Yeah. You think it's connected to like the bullpen only or, you know, like an internal phone. But no, it had a direct number. Now, I don't know if this I is wonder, still true in the new Comiskey. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, I get like seven to nine phone calls a day that, you know, my IRS that the IRS oh, is yeah, looking for right. money or yeah, that, exactly. you know, warranties for my, right. I wonder if they got, they must've gotten telemarketing calls during, I mean, they were, there was telemarketing back in the eighties. That's a great right? point. You would, 
you know, you know, maybe maybe he bought car insurance or something when when uh, he was when he got oh, a phone he's, call. He's going to the phone. Uh, no, it's Life Source asking him to come donate some blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's um, well. Hopefully, yeah. I don't think that they. Well, they still have. They still have the phones to communicate to the bullpen, right? Is it old? Do they have iPhones or how do they do that now? I think they do it on cell phones now. They must, right? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, technology has moved beyond 1986. It'd just be my guess. The, you know what? I can't remember for years seeing the manager. You know how you used to always see the televised broadcast of the manager picking up the phone. Uh-oh, he's pitching coach Don Cooper is picking up the phone to right. whoever in the bullpen. Uh, yeah, he, he I always assumed they're they're taking they're placing calls, but what if they're also receiving them? Just a thought, yeah. you know. All right, yeah, that's going to make you look at baseball in a whole new way. Okay. Whatever. All right. Well, you know, I um, I uh, noticed that um, I think I just read it this morning that Larry King, his birthday is today. I think he's 147. I believe <laughs> he's still alive. Uh, and you have, I remember you telling me a Larry King story. So okay, I'm right, right? You have a Larry yeah, King story. I've got several Larry King stories. All right. Well, say the, or save it for next week. Well, two weeks because we're not on next week because of Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. Will do. Um, also, if uh, if you'd like a preview of uh, next week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we should tell them a little bit about uh, who's coming up because it's it's a really interesting one. Uh, yeah, I, for, I've, I have momentarily forgotten who is that going to be. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I, I had. I, I'm we, all we literally discussed with, this right before we started taping I, I, the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, give me a hand. Hold on. Uh, oh, Mick Rock. Very We're doing good. Mick Rock. Very good. Uh, Mick Rock is a just a fantastic rock photographer. Right. He has. Um, he has photographed Lou Reed. Um, yeah. Did he do the Beatles? David Bowie. The, David Bo- well, there's yeah. all kinds of stories about uh, the rock and roll greats. And, and he knew them all, obviously, because he photographed them. And, well, here's a, here's a little clip of uh, what you might hear in that interview. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute. With Rick and Dave. Well, I guess with a name like Mick Rock, you really had no choice but to follow a career like this. Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, thank God your name wasn't Sheldon Podiatrist, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an interesting name. It's very memorable. But aren't you also oh, now so well known that there's a cachet that comes with that? Well, yes, obviously. I mean, in those days, it was, it was a different well one thing the record companies were very tight-fisted i didn't want to lay out much money uh, i mean that queen cover queen two and sheer heart attack not only did i conceive of it i also photographed it art directed it i did the paste up mechanicals because that was the deal in those days oh wow that was great. So, oh, those are those are iconic did you see bohemian rhapsody i, mean, I saw the second half oh, okay you know i've heard a couple of old Queen's friends of mine thought it wasn't gay enough. I go, well, there's <laughs> documentaries out there. And I thought it was gay enough. You know? I mean, with all due respect. If you'd like to hear the entire Minutia Man celebrity interview, uh, that one will be posted next week. So uh, be sure to uh, check it out. 
and and tell a friend to listen to us. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify. You can go to opishows.com. Wherever you find podcasts, you can search for Radio Misfits. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. And, and Dave, did you want to say a special thank you to Sam? Yes, yeah, Sam, thank you for spending. Now, he was great getting me to set this up. I'm sure it'll be to no avail because I'm sure I screwed something up as far as, um, you know, recording my side. But thank you. And thank you to everybody at Radio Misfits and Tony and Opie that... And, um, and really sorry this. about that whole motherless fucks thing from earlier. <laughs> that uh, was out of line. Out of line. Uh, distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. A great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again in two weeks two with weeks. another Happy episode. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. What's our episode going to be? Another episode of Bag. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we take a look at celebrity cars that sold at auction, plus roads that talk. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. If you missed Lasano or Lasano and friends, here's what you missed. 140 frozen turkeys were stolen from an <laughs> Illinois market. Uh, I can't imagine stealing $2,000 worth of frozen turkeys. Maybe it's like the Thanksgiving Robin Hood. He's stealing <laughs> He's the turkeys stealing to, to give to the turkeys. It's, it's hard enough to handle one frozen turkey. <laughs> right. Here's the Thanksgiving. Let's give Jesse White a plug right now. Oh, yeah. Our oh, guy. He, most people I bet in this room don't know this. Of all the different things about him we don't know. Yeah. He will have collected... And delivered 10,000 turkeys Yeah, by Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe and personally direct it all himself. He, personally direct it all. He'll, be, he'll start at 5 in the morning yeah. and end at 10 at night. That's and he's crazy. done it for 25 years. I had him on my old TV show very early on. And, went, and we had him with the Jesse White Tumblers. And I watched him. He set everything out, out, uh, up with the, the kids. Mm-hmm. He is always hands-on. He's always there. So I find him to be a, an amazing, amazing. man. And very one. lively. While talking, Jesse White called. <laughs> and he did. I showed you. Yeah. He was calling. I said, should I take it? And so he just said that it's 50 years, 15,000 turkey snaps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> 
Wow. And then he called just to make yeah. sure. I said, I can't talk. I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.